The real estate world is changing. Opportunity is everywhere. It has never been so easy to connect, share, and bring people together. We're learning from others and finding the very best in ourselves. Challenging our beliefs, overcoming our fears, transforming ourselves so we can transform our business. This is Investor Creator. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get rolling. So guys, this is part three, part three of our three-part series on goal setting for the new year. And appreciate you guys being with us. We have some latecomers, some people coming in. So if you guys haven't been with us, we've already done quite a bit of pre-work for this, this evening. So we've decided what our standards are. We decided what our paid price to action is. What are we willing to give up in order to gain over the next year? And we've talked about also last night, belief busters. And that was, I think, really powerful. I've had a few people reach out to me to talk about their experience with that. And I thought it was really interesting because some people said, you know, gosh, I had so much negative stuff come up that it was tough for them to deal with. Mm. And, and I think that that's really good because we're dealing with that, whether we understand it or not, whether we recognize that or not. And so having the ability to recognize that on the front end and begin to come up with a plan with what you talked about last night to fight those kinds of things mm-hmm. is really important long-term, okay? Well, let, let me just ask kind of a, a show of hands. I mean, who had kind of a, an interesting experience with the Belief Busters? Either something came up that you weren't really expecting or there was something that really, really surprised you. Just give me a, a yes in the chat if you had something that was impactful from Belief Busters of last night. Just give me a yes in the chat. All right, cool. So here's kind of the agenda for tonight. I'm sure that you guys did your homework. Joe says, yes, I appreciate that. We had some homework over the past 24 hours where we were going to come up, spend 30 minutes with ourselves, you know, have some time with ourselves and really come up with some tentative goals for the next year. We're going to solidify those tonight. Okay. But we're, we're going to take really some hard looks at goal planning as a process before we do that. And then we're going to implement some things to support the goals that we have just created here in just a little bit. So I hope you guys did that. The first thing that I want to go through is what creates a good goal, okay? And it really comes down to four different items, okay? Number one, the goal has to be specific. Number two, the goal has to be measurable. Number three, we have to have a time frame for that goal. So it's not just some date in the future, but it's a definitive date, which we know that we're looking at annual goals at this point. And then number four, there has to be an excitement around the goal. So if there's not an, and this is where I think a lot of people mess up. The fir- first three things are pretty common. The fourth, in order to be excited about something, there has to be a certain amount of belief that's behind it. Okay. So people don't get excited about things that they're certain that they can't accomplish. And so if we have an excitement level about a goal, then I think we're, we're kind of trending towards the, the right place. But let me touch on each of these just a little bit. So in terms of being specific and measurable, I mean, let's just talk about it in terms of of weight loss. You know, that's a big, big thing coming up for a lot of Americans in the the next couple of weeks is, you know, I want to get in better shape. So I go to the gym three, four times a week, and I'm certain that I'm going to see a lot of new faces come next week. I really enjoyed this week because nobody's there. They're all waiting. That's right. 
you know, which is something that I caution the real estate investors don't give up in the last quarter because a lot of people are going to give up and, and just wait for next year. But every day counts. But, you know, that being said, a lot of people are coming into the new year thinking about, well, what's the weight loss goal? And if someone just said, well, next year I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to look better, I'm going to be thinner. I mean, that's not specific and that's not measurable. And whenever we have that, we don't have a definitive success that we can even get to, right? So it's one of those things that if I was like, well, I'm going to be thinner. Well, when do you know that is? That's actually the result. Yeah. It's actually what you could get excited about, but it's not the specific goal. Yeah. So, you know, being, I'm going to be 15% body fat, that's specific, that's measurable hundred percent, as opposed to, well, I'm going to look better, you know? And it's kind of a, a funny thing because I think a lot of people really get hung up on that. They don't really expect that things have to be that specific, mm-hmm. you know, because it's about a feeling and not something that is more finite measurable, you know? So goals have to be specific, measurable, time bound. So we know what we're talking about annual goals at this point, and it creates a level of excitement. So let me kind of go through this for just a moment. A lot of people, especially when they start in the program and and they start really in the business, I think that there's kind of like a a crossroads that happens when they're beginning to to even think about goals. And they think, well, do I need to set goals that are what I feel achievable? Or do I need to set goals that are kind of maybe pie in the sky, but it, it creates a certain level of excitement, but they're scared to not reach those goals. They're afraid of failure before they set the goal. And what I would submit to you is that we don't make decisions based on fear. We don't make decisions based on fear. So if there's a goal that excites you, that excitement is what we need to create the energy, to create the inputs, to create the output. If we're in a position where the goal feels scary and the goal feels too much, then that's different. So I'm, realize that I'm not saying go for your wildest dreams all the time. I'm saying go for the extent that you feel positive about it as opposed to negative emotion and that you have an excitement level that lights you up, okay? Because there's so few people that are out there that are, are doing these kinds of things. Very few people read a book this year. Very few people have a goal this year. And if they do have a goal, then they forget about it come March 30th. You know, and so we want to be in a position where the excitement is high so that we can have excitement in our, for our personal life, for our business to begin to drive that goal. Okay. And we're going to get into that in just a, a few minutes. So that's kind of what creates good goal planning. So what creates bad goal planning? And, and this is starting to get into the context of the real estate investing business. What I would submit to you is that measuring the wrong thing is a really bad idea, okay? So having a goal that is really inconsequential to what you're trying to create is a really bad idea. And let me let me kind of put it like this. I think I've talked about this a little bit depending on uh, the support call that you've been on, but uh, I went to, to Dallas a few weeks ago. I was, I was invited by David Alexander, good, good friend and mentor who started me in the business 11 years ago, okay? So he wanted me to come to Dallas. He had a group down there and I taught a lot on negotiation, how we do our perfect presentation and all of that. And it's really exhausting for me to do that because like right after I teach, I'll have 10 or so people come to me and they want to talk, you know? And I enjoy that. I really, really do because I enjoy helping people. But at the same time, it's just, it's really exhausting for me over time. 
But the most common question that I got was, how many deals have you done this year? And I kind of felt silly to a certain extent, but I, I have no idea. I have no idea how many deals that I've done this year. And frankly, I just don't care. You know, for me, I can tell them what my equity position in note is. And that's the real measurable item that I have for my business. Okay. For you guys, it may be, you know, equity and cash flow. It, it may be cash profit net after retail. You know, th those are the kinds of things that matter. But what I would submit to you is that transactions are not what we're hoping to accomplish in the business. What we're hoping to accomplish is a means to an end, which for many people is retirement or a cash position or cash flow position that allows it. Okay. I, I personally don't think I'll ever retire. I have no interest in retiring, but and it's just because I love this business so much. Right. But to measure transactions is a kind of an ego thing, you know? So, um, and I think I talked about this on a, a prior call, the entire reason that investor creator exists today was that I paid $25,000 for what was supposed to be a uh, very elite real estate investing mastermind that was by invite only. So you had to apply and um, there's an interview process and the whole thing is $25,000 and you, you got three events. Well, the first event, my grandmother passed away. I didn't make it. My, the second event was my daughter's first birthday. I, I, of course, I, I did not miss that, but I made the third event. And a few things happened. Number one, each one of the coaches individually would kind of ask me how I would deal structure something. And I thought that was kind of strange that they personally didn't know. Okay. And then um, the second thing that happened was that the main guy that was over this entire group, I met him and I was like, man, how many deals you got going? How are you doing this? We're in two states now. And, and he just completely avoided the question. And then the, the third thing that happened was there was a couple guys from Texas and uh, I met them at the bar. I, I was kind of starting to skip the event because I was kind of disappointed in it. So I was at the bar and they kept buying me drinks if I kept keep talking. <laughs> and by the time Tony was up in his room and by the time Tony came down. I mean, half the bar was <laughs> set up and, it, and a, a, a session was going on out there at the bar. And these two old boys from Texas, they were like, what the hell, man? Where are you from? How are you doing? How can you buy like that? It was hilarious. And I knew then something was going to happen when we get home. Yeah. And so, uh, but one of the, the things that was, has been one of the most impactful things over the past 10 years of my business that happened there was that one of the main coaches showed his tax return on the projector. And, you know, I really appreciated his just openness. Mm -hmm. But he had roughly a $350,000, you know, net on his schedule for his business income. And there's nothing wrong with that kind of money. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But to do 200 transactions for that, which was what roughly what he, I don't remember the number exactly now, but roughly 200 transactions for him to create that, I thought was completely asinine. Because for us, 350 transactions is roughly six, seven, maybe eight deals based on what we do. Plus we get the cash flow over time. Okay. And so when I go and meet people and they say, well, you know, what is the, how many deals that you have you done this year? I, I don't have the slightest idea because it's not even something that we measure, you know? Yeah. It's culturally in, in our office, there's not one person in your business 
that knows how many deals we've done this year. Yeah, that's 100 percent correct. We don't track it. Yeah. As a as a measurable goal. Yeah. Deal flow is vanity. Cash flow is sanity. Deal flow is vanity. Cash flow is sanity. You know, we're trying to build cash flow, cash reserves, and long-term assets. I don't give the slightest damn about how many deals it takes to create that. Okay. So in terms of what makes a bad goal, measuring the wrong thing is going to create a bad goal for you. Okay. Now, next thing, what makes a bad goal? having too many goals at one time, measuring too many things. Okay. And this is kind of the, the difference. If we have 35 goals for our business the, the next year, then we're certain to fail on a significant minority of those. Okay. And for most people emotionally, they look at the things that are going incorrectly or wrongly in their business, as opposed to, to really looking at the bright side of things. And I think that's just human nature. Mm-hmm. There's uh, something in the brain. I think it's the, the amygdala that, analyzes two things that analyzes risks in social situations. So it creates a hierarchy. If you're in a group of 10 people in terms of who is higher up in the hierarchy and who might be lower. And it also analyzes risk in terms of if you see a rope, that could be a snake. Okay. It's a really interesting phenomenon and it creates a a lot of decision-making in our business. And so if we have 35 goals, we're going to be in a position where if we have six of them that are failing, then we're going to begin to put effort into things that may not be worth putting effort into in the first place. Okay. Now let's talk about that in terms of KPIs. Okay. Key performance indicators. I'm pro having KPIs, but always realize that your KPIs are going to flow into your big goal. Okay. So a KPI might be how many leads did we generate to purchase this month? What was our average response time to that lead? How many contracts, how many leads did we get per contract? How many contracts? All of those are worth measuring, but those are not goal worthy. Okay. You can see them and say, okay, maybe we want to increase that or decrease this. And that's okay. But in terms of an annual goal, I think it's a really, really bad place to spend time and energy. Does that kind of make sense? Okay, cool. So, KPIs are a a micro idea of what should be a macro idea, which is goal planning for the next year. All right. And that partially goes down to focus. You know, I really love this story because, um, you know, two of the, the most affluent people in the world right now, of course, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. And most people don't know this story, but um, before Bill Gates was Bill Gates, his father was a a pretty well-known attorney in Seattle. And so Bill Gates's mother, being the good mother that she is, was throwing a dinner party and she invited Warren Buffett, the Oracle of Omaha, to this dinner. And so he accepted and he came. And so you have Bill Gates and Warren Buffett across from each other before Bill Gates was really Bill Gates. And the mother at the head of the table gave a question to the table, not to any particular individuals, but to the table and said, Guys, what can you attribute your success to? And Warren Buffett and Bill Gates at the exact same time said the exact same thing, focus, focus, a one-word answer, focused in your business. And so if we have 35 goals that we have in our business, we can't focus on 35 things at once. And so one of the things we're going to get to is how many goals should we have for our business in the next year, okay? And and I guess let's go ahead and run into that. What I would submit to you is 
we want between one and three goals in our business for the next year. One to three, okay? For me, it's one. There's only one thing that I care about, and that's note equity created. Note equity created. Because I know that with that, that macro goal of what that number is, that we're also going to, just by default, we're going to add other deals to it. We're going to do some retail deals because of the, the sheer volume that we have to create that number. That we have a certain amount of leads that we have to create. That we have a certain advertising budget that we have to have. But it's all based on one thing, one goal. And we're going to get to that in a minute. And one thing that we were talking offline that I thought was really interesting in terms of the, the seven different things that you look at, mm-hmm. how did that work? Well, like here they are. This is my book. And and here are my seven things. I've got them laid out. And I did 19 and 20, 2019, 2020 together because I thought they were going to be big years. I didn't know why. But on these, I only have four for each one of these, but one is my lead. So there are strategies, four strategies laid out underneath that goal for that year. But one is my primary focus. And I find that it's like an apple. You know, you've got what thousand apples maybe on an apple tree, but each apple just has like one or two seeds in it. Hmm. But that one apple falls to the ground, rots drops that one seed. And the next thing you know, one tree comes up with all those apples and all those seeds. And the next thing you got an orchard. So uh, you're going to find that one prominent strong goal that is focused on will spin off results from things that you didn't even think about to plan with the goals that you could have thought of, but you didn't. But, but we get focused on one it's crazy what can happen. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So I know that you guys that did the homework, you may have a list of you know five, eight, ten, maybe even more goals that you're hoping for this year. What I would submit to you is if you really look at those, that a lot of those are going to fall under something else. Okay, so there's going to be kind of a hierarchy, and some of those are going to become KPIs. But like, kind of like you said, you have one lead or two or maybe three leads that are going to drive the business. Okay. The other thing, the last thing that I think creates bad goal planning is too long of a time frame. And this is something that I think is a little bit controversial, but I think a year is too long. Okay. Although we're going to look at things in terms of a year. Okay. What I would submit to you is that we want to look at it by quarter and plan by quarter. All right. And so here's how we're doing it in my business. Quarter one is 15% of the annual goal. Okay. 15%. Quarter two and three are 35% each. And then quarter four is 15% as well. So let me go through that again. Okay. Quarter one is 15%. Quarter two and three is 35%. Quarter four is 15% also. So let me kind of go through that. There's a few reasons. Number one, we're going to approach quarter one as if we're going to go just Pan bone to the wall. We're going to go as fast as we can, as hard as we can to accomplish as much as we can. We're not trying to just do 15% of the annual goal. We're trying to go as much as we can, but 15% is what's allocated for quarter one. And that's to do two things. Number one, it allows us to create momentum of success in our business so that if we hit 15%, we're still on track for the year and we've learned what we've learned in quarter one. 
Because if you guys are doing what you need to do, and that's growing your business, expanding your horizons, expanding what you feel like you're capable of doing, then with that comes a certain amount of uncertainty, right? And so if that's the case, we don't know exactly how this is going to play out, which comes to issue number two. It gives us time to pivot, okay? So we're going to come up with a plan for quarter one that's going to go as hard and fast as we can, but 15% of the annual goal is what we have to do. And let's say that we hit 20%. Well, you think about the data that we've created during that time. We know what our lead cost is. We know what our cost per contract is. We know how many appointments we have to generate to get a contract overall. And we're also, we have this coming wave of pre-foreclosure and things because of the virus that, that's also going to impact all of this, okay? So realize that what I'm saying is we're not trying for just 15%. We're trying for like 50% mm-hmm. in quarter one. Mm-hmm. But we're okay with 15% to give us the data that we need to pivot from and also to create success in our business so that we're not behind at the very beginning of the game. Another thing that it does by breaking this down into quarters, let's say that at the end of quarter one, you actually are at 37% of what your goal for the year was. Well, that doesn't mean you need to slack off for the next three quarters. It may mean that your goal turns out to be way too small. That's right. You, If this is 37 instead of 15, what should the next two be then? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's certainly okay. Adjust. Yeah, it's certainly okay to increase your goals. I do not believe in pulling them back, okay? You never know what can happen in quarter three and quarter four that can catch you up because our, our best month ever, we had a 615,000 in equity come in in one month, and that was – two major transactions that came in. We had uh, that big river house in McMinnville and the big Franklin deal Mm -hmm. with the 10 acres, you know, both in one month. And so, and then we also had a December that was unreal about three years ago. I I mean, I'm a week before Christmas and I got, there's so many people calling in wanting, begging us to buy their houses. I mean, so just, don't listen to the propaganda that comes in in our in our general, you know, whatever it is we would call what we're doing. I mean, don't don't get caught up in all that. Stay focused on your goals. And man, I'm telling you, beautiful things can happen. Yeah. So quarter two and quarter three traditionally are the higher transaction months in real estate. That's generally when people are out of school with the children, people are moving with jobs, that kind of thing. In most of the country, that's when the better weather comes. So if you're in the north or northeast or even the the northwest, then you can have a kind of slow first and fourth quarter just based on weather alone. We've had that with Michigan property that we've had. And so, you know, that's one of the things that quarter two and quarter three traditionally are going to be your higher transaction months. Also with owner financing, there's a big opportunity come, you know, March and April because people get their tax return money. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's a big flow of down payment money that comes into the market. And so that's generally going to push you into the second quarter as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, fourth quarter is going to be a time for you to catch up with another 15% of the annual goal. Uh, it's also a time where you can, if you decide to slow down a little bit because of the holidays, generally from Thanksgiving to New Year's, we have a little bit of a slowdown, of course, depending on your market, the weather, that kind of thing. But that, that's what we're allowing for in my business. So 15%, 35, 35, 15 is what we're looking at in terms of breaking down that annual goal into quarterly goals. And once we've broken it down into quarterly, I don't think about the annual, okay? 
it's kind of like, and it's on a bookshelf somewhere that I know that I can go back to. Yeah, I know. But overall, and I've got one of these here. Uh, okay. But overall, I'm really looking at things quarter to quarter. Okay. And month by month, I would caution you to really get too focused on month by month numbers because even with the the transaction cycle that we have, the sales cycle that we have, you know, it can take 30, 45 days to get a deal done once it's under contract with the buyer. And so you can have a really great month in terms of purchasing and under contract, but that really moves to the next month. Mm -hmm. And so if you really focus too much on the 30-day data, then that can really skew pretty easily. Does that make sense, guys? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. All right. So that's how we're looking at quarterly goals. So to kind of recap, before we go offline for just a minute, you guys really finalize your annual goals for 2021. So to go back through this, specific, measurable, time-based, and something that lights you up, we want something that excites you about your business for 2021. Okay, that's what we want. What we don't want is we don't want you to measure the wrong thing. In my world, I don't care about transactions. I care about equity and cash flow. So measuring the wrong thing, number one. Number two, measuring too many things. So we want to break this down to one or three annual goals for our business, looking at focusing on the right things. And then also, we don't want too broad of a timeline. So at the end of this, we're going to break it down into quarterly numbers. Now, let me back up and talk about this for just a moment. You could know of a life event to where you, you understand that a quarter is going to be disrupted. So let's say in quarter two, you're expecting a child. Then I would not expect 35% in quarter two. I would really want to go heavier in quarter one and heavier in quarter three and four. But, you know, really plan for those kinds of things. Or, you know, if you're getting married or you're going on a two-week vacation or whatever that is. Okay. So you can kind of, just because 15, 35, 35, 15 is what I'm doing, that doesn't mean that's, that's what you have to do. But I, I would look for some kind of an extenuating circumstance to make you decide to change that. Okay. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Let's take five, 10 minutes. What do you think, Tony? Five minutes. We're going to set our annual 2021 goals. We should have come to this with we'll you know, pretty good at five. We'll, we'll check back in with you guys in five minutes <coughs> and see how you guys are doing. But uh, let's take some time and really begin to look at this, solidify these goals. And then we're going to come back and talk about what these goals look like. For some of you guys that, that want to speak up and, and you're excited about these goals, let, let's come off the mute and talk about that. I'm going to be talking about what my goals are for my personal business. And then we're going to be talking about how we can support these goals now that we've created them. So let's take five minutes, guys. So who wants to come off the mute and talk about their goals? I, I guess let me go first. So uh, I have one goal for the year. It's $2 million and note equity position created. That's the only thing I care about. $2 million, okay? And that's also with my main focus being here and in the group. So, you know, we're, we're going to do $2 million. And so we can begin to backward integrate into what that looks like in terms of your marketing, which is going to be the driver for everything. And in, again, in quarter one, my opinion, set quarter one to where you have some wiggle room. You can find out what you need to find out, pivot if you need to, go as hard as you possibly can, but also be in a position where we're setting ourselves up for success at the end of that quarter. Okay. $2 million in net equity created quarter one. That's me. Who wants to jump in and talk about their goals for the coming year? I'll go. Go ahead, Joe. All right. 500,000 in no equity. 
200,000 cash from down payments and create five part-time jobs. <laughs> five part-time jobs. Tell me about that. Uh, that's, you know, I want to get my family involved and friends. So I'm thinking, you know, I have sisters and brothers who could be using their time better. So if they can help me market and do all that kind of stuff, then that, that would be great. Very cool. Very cool. So how do you feel about the 15, 35, 35, 15 rule that we're doing, or is that something that you're going to implement as well? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about, um, one of the calls that you and I had about how, you know, I mean, to be honest, this feels pretty nuts for me, but um, I was thinking about, you were talking about if you get like one or two deals initially and you know, like your first three months or first month, and then, you know, you're kind of doubling it or you're adding on a little bit. My thought is because I'm just starting out, you know, it's going to be a kind of a slower ramp up. Uh, so I'm thinking 15% of that should be doable, which would be maybe like two deals in the first quarter. And then once I get that rhythm and I'm, I have that cash to reinvest and kind of ramping up from there. Yeah. I mean, so to look at that, you're looking at roughly a deal a month, a deal a month, something like that. I mean, that's yeah. very doable. I mean, people, I mean, good Lord, Tom in Denver, I mean, he was doing that part-time while he was, was doing his full-time job. So um, certainly doable, man. So pre man, appreciate you sharing hundred percent. So we're, we're happy to support you in that. Thanks. Who else wants to jump on and talk? Will, go ahead, man. Yeah, it's a little scary to say. Um, That's good. You know, but uh, I think, you know, kind of looking at the plan um, and the strategy. So I've kind of got three that are all tied together and really close. You know, Brad, when we spoke in July, you know, I had told you my goal for the year. I think this year I, I really um, am going to try and 10x that. So here are kind of my three goals that are related. Million net worth, 500 of note equity created and 5,000 a month in cash flow. And that's okay. across my whole portfolio. So, you know, we're not starting at zero net worth. Right. And we're, you know, we've got some rental property. So, you know, when you start lowering the ceiling of like, okay, what do I have to do this year? Plus, you know, we've got Clarksville in the bag, I think. So that's, you know, hell, 20% of my goal I've got kind of in my pocket. So it's scary, um, but I, I'm going to go for it, man. And like you said, I'm kind of a, you know, get it or die trying kind of person as well. So I know what that feels like, but uh, that's what I'm going to do this year. Try to die trying. I love that, man. hundred percent. So actually me and Tone were just talking offline about setting your goal too low or setting it too high. And I'm certain Will doesn't mind me sharing this. The first phone call that me and Will had, he set his goals a little bit low. And I said, look, man, for us to, to work on this, I think you're going to have to raise your sights a little bit. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but I know it's 500 per month cash flow. I remember that. I remember that. I don't know what the equity position was that you were hoping 50. to create uh, across the, the year. Do you remember that? It was 50. 50. Okay. So the first deal how many leads, Will, did it take you to get that first deal? Because I know it's kind of pretty quickly. I don't remember exactly. That's my first one. It was your first first lead. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I mean, it was it was it was amazing. All right. So the guys, that that's not normal. No, it's not. <laughs> if this ever goes to an infomercial, it's like these are not typical uh, situations. <laughs> so, um, but Will got roughly forty eight k cash on that deal, cash. And now we've got a deal right now where he may have to, to leave a little bit of money, maybe about 10K in the deal. We're talking about 110K note. 
and 1100 per month in cash flow. <laughs> so, I mean, these things can happen. And I mean, kind of the same thing with Joe. Uh, and, and I like that the, the first two have been pretty similar. 500K mm-hmm. note equity position. We're looking at about a deal a month. That's certainly doable. You know, we just have to create it. So, Will, appreciate you, man, so much. Appreciate you uh, uh, jumping in on this. Well, dude, thank you so much. I mean, I was telling my wife last night, like, you know, I can't believe it. But, you know, with this deal in pocket, I mean, you know, we were talking about, you know, just the way that this year's turned out. And like, I mean, it, it like it's it's just amazing. It's unbelievable. I mean, you know, just to be candid, if we're talking about numbers, I mean, you know, in my first six months with you, I mean, it's like you've increased my net worth by 150,000, which you know, for guys like me, that that's uh, uncommon. <laughs> so. Hey, Will, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. How many years have you hoped something like this would happen? Uh, God, I mean, it just, I'm like, I'm like the guy, I mean, many, um, I'm just <laughs> like the guy who, you know, is afraid. That's why when Brad and I got on that first call and he said, what are you trying to do? And I said, you know, 50 and and net worth and 500 a month in cash flow. And he's like, yeah, that's too low. I'm like, Brad, I can't be any higher than that because I just don't believe it. I I just don't believe that that's a thing. I mean, I told Brad, I was the guy, you know, going to the Amway, like trying to do whatever and just being told lie after lie after lie and finally being told something that's true and real. It's like, you know, I, I just can't believe it. So. So I ask you that question because I wanted everyone else to hear you say it was year after year after year, but then boom, you're here. Mm-hmm. So those of you out there that might be hearing Will's story and it makes you discouraged because it hasn't happened to you yet. The only thing that can keep it from happening is if you quit. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Appreciate you, Will, man. hundred percent. Um, who else has something that they're in terms of their goal that they want to share with the group? Anybody else? I have a couple of ideas or a couple of goals that I said. Great. I don't believe them, but um, you know, that's, (laughs) that's just me. Um, I'd like to get a deal a month. I really would. That's my goal because I have somewhere I heard that you, if you have 17 deals in a year, you, or 17 deals and you've written your ticket to freedom. Yes, correct. And in general, 17 17 deals is $10,000 a month in interest. Right. So I I have that number in mind, which works out to about a deal and a half a month. Yeah. But I um, don't want to have these high expectations and I just want to do a deal a month. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, as you know, we're doing other deals like wholesale deals and everything. I'm not counting those, right? Because I'm I'm focused on this program. I, we've done wholesaling for a, f- a few years now, and as you know, they're one pop, yeah, t- one time. Yeah, I, I don't care about that, right? So I do want to do a deal a month. I want to create at least forty thousand dollars in notes. For every deal that I do, yeah. you know, averaging average, average that out. Yeah. And, and you'll definitely do that. She's in Atlanta. That's a good go. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, certainly doable. Yeah. And I would say not even doable. It's like it will absolutely be at least 40 in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're good on that. And you're talking about 12 deals. 
I am talking about all deals, but I'm also, you know, I make calls and I, you know, try to get out there to people. I'm, I don't have the correct marketing yet. I don't have PPC or I don't have that yet. And that's really killing me right now because I feel like I'm working twice as hard. Well, you are. I am. I, I get that. So this market is quite competitive. <sighs> Yeah. In, here in Atlanta. So that's another thing that has got me to where I'm pulling my hair out. And yeah. another another goal that I have is I would like to create at least $300 spread in cash flow minimum per deal. Yeah, again, that, that'll be, that's way too low. You're going to be above 500, probably 550 in your market. Right. But because I still don't believe it, I think that if I set this low expectation and then I exceed it, I yeah. will be jumping for joy every morning. Yeah, well, and, and I appreciate that very much. So let's talk about that for just a second. So when you say I, you don't believe it, is there a certain pessimism behind that? Or is it like, well, you know, we're going to set it low and I think I can beat that? Because I, one, one is going to pull you back and one is going to push you forward. And that's what I'm concerned about. Right. I think that once we get our marketing straight, yeah, then that is going to be... Uh, you know, what is going to propel me to optimism. Right now, the way that things are and with the marketing that the, the, that we're doing and, you know, to me, that's just, you know, I'm beating my head against the wall. Yeah. And uh, that's why I'm setting that low expectation. Yeah. And, and one thing that, I, that I'll say, um, we probably want to jump back on on another call for roughly an hour, me, you and John, and just kind of see like, OK, what are you guys wholesaling and why are you guys wholesaling that? Because in general, I mean, the, the three reasons that I'm going to wholesale something, if it's development property, if it's a meth house, if it's a war zone, the last wholesale deal we did was Jackson, me and you. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that was a sub two deal that we still bought and yeah. we just assigned it off. You know, but um, yeah, and, and he didn't know what to do with a sub two deal. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, we, we were handing him something he was not even going to have to pay for it. Yeah, he was trying to pay cash. I was like, well, you don't have to. You can, but you don't have to because we already set it up. <laughs> anyway, on yeah, the, right uh, now, right now, Brad, this is just an anecdote. Just a deal that we're working on a wholesale deal. Uh -huh. We've got the buyer. The seller is four siblings and. Three of them are almost people that cannot even think straight. I, I'm not sure exactly what they're on or whatever, but just to get those signatures is taking us almost a month. Yeah. That's how fun it is. Oh, yeah. Well, I, that's par for the course to a certain extent. So, I mean, I'm sure you stay in the business for a certain amount of time, you're going to see a lot of fun, different things. And I say fun, maybe fun's not the, the, the right word. Fun at times and then tragic at others, yeah. you know. So um, that makes a lot of sense. So I, I think Alma, let's jump on a call maybe um, next week sometime, me, you, and John, and, and kind of game plan, see what's going on in the biz. Okay. Cool. Thanks, Brad. You bet. Sure. All right, guys, let's kind of go on from here. So at this point, we should have our annual goal set, and then you can decide how to allocate quarter by quarter, but we have to allocate quarter by quarter. An annual goal is just too long to think about in terms of a business. Okay. So let, let's do that. Now, at this point, the question may be, okay, I've set goals before. It hasn't materialized. 
And so for a lot of you guys, I'm sure that if I asked you right now, this moment, what was your goal for 2020? You wouldn't be able to tell me. Okay. Not everybody, but a, a good, a significant, possibly majority, but certainly minority of you guys. And so at this point, we're going to be, we're going to come in and start talking about what I call AAA. That is to help support you and your goals. Now, AAA, let's think of it as like you're broken down on the interstate. Your goal is broken down. You call AAA to come support you. It's kind of the same thing. So it comes down to three things. It's anchors, it's affirmations, and it's abundance training. Okay, so we're going to go through this maybe five minutes a piece. I know we're kind of pushing it on time, but we're at the end of the year. I don't care. So let's talk about anchors first. I think, guys, this, this is so important. I cannot overstate how important this is. If you don't have anchors around you at all points of the day, you're going to forget about what you're hoping to accomplish. Okay. So for me, what I recommend is a minimum of three things. We're going to create five to 10 index cards and put them around, put your goals here on the card and put them around your house, your office and your car. So for me, I have them right on the dashboard of my car. I have them facing the the mirror in my bathroom. If you have children and you want, want to really get real with it, put it on their dresser. So you tuck them in at night, you turn off the light, you're passing your goals. Guys, that's tough. If you're not doing the work, that's tough to deal with, but we're putting it right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remembrance of what you told yourself that you would set out to accomplish. Okay. So that's the first thing is these three by five note, note cards. Okay. Get these five to 10, put them around your place. And uh, it's really going to help you. The second thing, and guys, I'm not a woo-woo person. My, my background's accounting and finance, but I just want to talk I'm, to you. I'm Mr. Woo-woo. He's Mr. Mr. Woo-woo. Okay. On Amazon, you can get these $100,000 bills. $100,000 bills, guys. Okay. Whenever I made the goal to begin creating $100,000 worth of equity per month, I also put these around different places, especially in the dashboard of my car. Okay. What I would submit to you is if you if you've never had a hundred thousand dollar year, then put these and think about it in terms of a hundred thousand dollar year. If you've already done that or you've been close to that, then do per quarter. If you've already kind of accomplished that, then we're going per month. All right. It was roughly three to four months after I did that that I began to have hundred thousand dollar months. And so the difference being, I remember I would look at it, it's like it's one little bill. Mm-hmm. It went from this big, big thing into it's one piece of paper. It's not even really that much. And so it changed my mind to the point that I really felt like I could accomplish it. Okay. I really recommend getting these. You can get them on Amazon. They're like five or 10 bucks. It's play money. Really highly recommend it guys. First time I got in the car with you to go to Nashville to look at a house. I saw that on the dashboard down there. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's where my education began. Yeah. That, that's it. Number three, that we do to my business. I have these thermometers. Okay. You can get these on Amazon as well. They're about 20 or 30 bucks. They're dry erase markers. Okay. And so you're going to put your goal at the top. And as you begin to meet your goal, you know, I got it backwards like this, (laughs) then it's going up. Yeah. Okay. So I have in my office, one of these and you know, at the end of the day, you can't get away from it. All right. So you can get these on Amazon as well. You can't close your laptop. And walk away from it. Right. It's in front of you. We're, it may be gaudy, but you can't escape it. Yeah, you can't escape it. And we want to, we want to make it to where it's like, guys, if you commit to something today, 
tonight, tomorrow, whatever it is for your new New Year's goals. Because I, I understand that some of you guys may not be 100% ready tonight, and that's okay. But be ready by the end of the day tomorrow. But we want to make it to where you guys can't get away from yourself. I wanted to make it to where, you know, it's like my goals stare me in the face to where I cannot get away from it. It's like, this is what I've set out to do. This is what I'm going to accomplish. And it's coming for me. And if I don't, that's a real fear. Mm-hmm. It becomes a real fear of like, man, this is coming for me if I don't do this. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So that's the anchors. Create anchors for yourself. For me, five to 10 de- index cards, get the $100,000 bills on Amazon, get the thermometers, put them at your office, put them wherever they can go, spouse uh, depending, and see what you can do with that. Okay. The second thing in AAA is affirmations. I'm a big believer in affirmations. We want 10 affirmations. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to email you guys affirmations that I personally have, the 10 that I use. I'm going to email those out tomorrow. But I think it's also important that you create your own affirmations. You know, I'm a powerful negotiator. I meet people and people like me the first time they meet me. You know, whatever struggles that you have, and part of these affirmations should really be built on the belief busters that you did. So if you came out and said, I'm a powerful real estate investor and my success is assured, and you said, well, people don't like me, then that's something that you really need to have affirmations on. Okay. Yeah. That's part of this. Guys, all of this is structured. Every Everything that we've done together is structured. Okay. 10 affirmations every day in the morning and before you go to bed at night. Mm-hmm. Okay. The third thing in AAA is abundance training. And this is something that I did before I was successful. We, w- we want to practice being successful. Okay. So I would go and I would go to Jaguar and I would look at cars that I didn't really want to own, but you read affirmations or you write them out both, both. Okay. I didn't write them out every day, but I read them every day and I wanted to do it as soon as I got up, Will, and right before I went to bed. And even if it's, I think it's best if you verbalize it, but I understand the spouse may not really love that too much. Either do that by yourself or internalize it memory. Okay. And so what's going to happen is you're going to get hit with some adversity. You know, you're in the, the middle of the negotiations and things aren't hundred percent flowing super well, and you're going to hear it. And it's going to say, I'm a powerful negotiator and people like me the first time they meet me. Yeah. You know, all right. Think about the opposite of what he just said is we go from saying that, writing that down or saying it, and then these negative thoughts come up. But if we continue in that long enough, what will start to happen is we'll get challenged by some kind of thing. But that is all of a sudden what comes up. Yeah. So it goes from the outside in to the inside out. Yeah. And a lot of you guys have have gone through the training. You've memorized the script work. And I mean, some of you guys have even said, Brad, it's like you're right there with me. And, you know, the, the seller says, well, what's your offer? And you say, and now I can just hear you say it. Well, I really don't have a number in mind and I certainly wouldn't want to offend you. So what are you hoping to walk away with? You know, and so these affirmations are going to do the same thing for you based on your weak points. You know, so I'm going to share with you my 10, but I also think that it's important that my 10 may not fit you. And that's okay. Like you may want to create based on the belief busters that a set that may work for you. And maybe you can borrow half that kind of thing. That's hundred percent up to you. Okay. Any questions on that guys hit me in the chat. Any questions on that? Will says, what about people seeing your goals like guests to your house, et cetera? That's hundred percent up to you. For me, I'm, I'm a pretty private person. I, I personally wouldn't want to share my goals with people. And what I've found is that you'll really lose a peer group around you as you grow out of that. 
I always thought that it was the person that's becoming more successful that would say, oh, minions, I can't, I don't have time for you anymore. The exact opposite is true. I've certainly had people, good friendships that I've lost because they ask a question, you know, well, Brad, how many houses have you bought this month? Well, we bought six last week. I remember specifically a friend that I had from college. I hadn't seen him in a while. And he he knew me when I was really struggling. And then that week we bought six houses and, and I told him that. And what he did was he immediately looked off into the sky. I could tell in his mind he was trying to understand how this is possible. And he immediately came back, changed the subject. I haven't seen him since. Seriously. Mm-hmm. This is years ago. I haven't seen him since. So, you know, you can, if you feel comfortable <clears throat> with your peer group then and you want to leave it out, then that's fine. But I, I think that's 100% up to you. I think goals are for you, even to the point that I don't know if I really for years even shared them with my wife and me and my wife are extremely close. So you can decide that for you. Okay. Any other questions, guys, in the chat? Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Ron. Yeah, I was just wondering about uh, setting your goal just on um, notes because you got cash needs on a day-to-day basis. Are you assuming when you set your goal on notes that you're going to spin off a sufficient cash to run your business? That's a really good question. So whenever I'm talking about creating $2 million in note equity position, I also understand that when we're lead generating at the level that's necessary to create that, that we're also going to create leads that are just only make sense to go retail for cash. Does that make sense, Ron? So yeah, I mean, we have to have cash to create the deals. Now, Ron's first deal, I think they bought for like seven grand and they own her finance for 50 or something like that. I'm sure I don't have the numbers exactly right, but it was something like that. So they're close. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we're putting cash in to create something. But a lot of the, the notes that you create, sub two wrap or sub three, you're going to have a net cash position. Okay. Yeah, plus the, the down payments that you get at each deal. So again, our average down payment's twenty to $25,000, depending on the market. Tony's first deal, he got forty five k in a rural market that didn't have 4,500 people in it. Second so, one, I got twenty five. Yeah, second one was twenty five, And we've had 75 on a $170,000 house that mm-hmm. was in Portland. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her name, but she ended up just paying us off. That's right. You know, so okay, yeah. She bought, what's his name? Yeah, okay. Nutson. Yeah, Ron, that's a really good point. We have to create cash in the business, but I know in my world that if we create that much equity position in note, we're also going to be creating uh, enough cash to sustain that. So So, you have a tax liability, do you not? Every time you create a note, isn't that uh, considered current? Uh, Don't you, aren't you taxed at the value of the note when you write it? No, absolutely not. If you were, then this would be a very, very difficult business to cash flow. So the, the note created is going to be taxed at the time that it becomes cash, if you are a cash basis taxpayer. Okay. Does that make sense? We just got our CPAs uh, set up so we could get our books all organized. You know, we're a startup here. Yeah. And he was telling us today on a, on a call uh, with Josh and I that uh, we could be taxed as when dealers we write the note. No, I was just concerned if we're taxed when we write it and not when we collect it. Yeah. Then we've got to generate sufficient cash to handle our tax liabilities. Yeah, correct. Lovingly, you need a new CPA. (laughs) And I mean that with complete sincerity. So, guys, in February or March, we're going to be having a nationally known syndicated CPA to come in to talk about wraps. Okay. And so if you guys want to plug in with her, she's based out of Phoenix. 
if you guys want to plug in with her to, to help you guys, she can do all of this because it's a national issue. But you, you guys do not have to pay tax on notes that do not turn into cash yet. Well, if you'd send us the contact information, we're right at the point of, uh, you know, signing up this CPA. So we could uh, we could divert that for sure. OK, great. We'll do that, man. Thank you. We'll do you bet. You bet. So the three A's to support our goals, affirmations, anchoring our goals all around us. And then number three is abundance training, practicing being successful before you're successful for me. That was looking at Jaguars, and I don't care about cars really, but looking at expensive cars before I could afford them, looking at two, three million dollar houses before I could afford it, that whole idea, okay? Getting comfortable with those surroundings and just being appreciative that, hey, one day I'm going to be able to do this. The second thing is we're upgrading our peer group in general. So you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. That's going to hold true with your peer group, okay? So if you're around five guys, that are not successful people, that are kind of Debbie Downers, that aren't really doing things at the level that you're hoping to do things, then what I would submit to you is unless you separate yourself from that to a certain extent and begin to spend time with people that have a different mindset, you're going to have a tough time accomplishing. Okay, so those are the three A's. Guys, this is all about supporting the goals that we just created. Super important. A lot of people, guys, they don't do the work before setting the goals. They don't do the work after setting the goals. So they just write down on a piece of paper or a napkin that they lose two weeks later. And they, they don't realize that, that there's more to it than just setting the goals and hoping. Mm-hmm. Right. Any questions on that in the meantime? Uh, yes. Can you go over the anchoring in the abundance again? Yeah, for anchors, for me, I'm doing five to 10 of these three by five index cards with my goals on them. I'm putting them in the mirrors of my house. Maybe it's a closet. You know, we certainly, Will brought up a good point. If you are if you have friends over, that kind of thing, you, you may not want to showcase your goals in front of people. You know, $2 million in note equity position created. None of my friends have any idea that that would be my goal for the year, okay? You know, so the three by five note cards, the $100,000 bill that you can find on Amazon, putting that where you can put it. And then also about lost it. My goal thermometer for the year. It says goal at the top. This is dry erase board. And then as you go up or down, then you can, you know, increase the, the level that you're at. All these can be found on Amazon. Okay. So that is the, um, the anchors on the affirmations I'm going to be sending you guys tomorrow, the 10 affirmations that I have for myself and my business. But I really think, again, that you guys use the belief buster to find out, to smoke out the, the subconscious beliefs that you guys have about yourself that maybe aren't impacting you in a positive way and that we create affirmations to combat that. Does that make sense, Alma? Yes. Okay. All right. At this point, in general, not all of you guys, but in general, we've created our goals for the year. We have segmented by quarter what those goals are going to look like. We have created support roles for these goals in the AAA. Okay. At this point, we have to do a minor action to begin to create momentum. And I don't mean right now being tonight, because I know for you guys on the East Coast, it's kind of starting to get late. But tomorrow before the new year, we want to have a jump start to create momentum. So maybe that is you, if you've been thinking about increasing ad spend and you're already on Google Ads, you jump in and you increase your ads from, you know, $30 a day to $50 a day. Maybe that is you book a call with me for next week 
and we jump on for an hour to talk about, okay, I have this question that's really been bothering me, or I have this issue that's really been bothering me, and we begin to tackle that. You know, but I, what I would submit to you is we really want to, once we make a decision, we want to create an action as soon as we can to go along with that so that, that it becomes real. Okay. A lot of people talk about a lot of different things. We want to create action so we accomplish something. Does that make sense? Let's do this off of mute. What, what action plans can we do that would create some momentum for us? So I, I came up with two. Let me, let me talk about this too. So this is something that I wanted to do for you guys because it's something that I think would benefit the group. Tony has been in the consulting role in, in healthcare consulting. So what Tony would do when one hotel would come in and take over another hotel, Tony would work with the CEO of both hotels, uh, hotels, hospitals, hospitals, hospitals to bridge the gap of policy from one to the other. Okay. So a lot of high level planning, a lot of high level thinking and high level accountability. Tony is coming on first of the year to do an accountability group with you guys to the extent that you guys want to do it. Now, let, let me just kind of say it. This is not for the non-committed. Okay. So if you are serious about this, serious about the goals that you've created, it's another support role that I wanted to create for you guys with somebody that I know is high level and can help get you there. But you have to have the commitment level to do that. So if that's something that you guys want to do, then you can got, we're going to be announcing it, but go ahead and hit me with a yes in the chat. So I know roughly who's going to be a part of this and we're going to be opening it up to the rest of the group, but it's especially open for you guys because we know who's, who's here and who's been here. Okay. Uh, really, really important. We're looking at weekly accountability sessions with the quarterly goals that we're talking about. Okay. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> chat is blowing up. Happy to be here. <laughs> You know, it, it. you were talking about uh, an action. A lot of times it will take one action. And then if we don't see external movement, we quit. Mm -hmm. We'll give up on it. But most performance coaches will tell you it takes three steps, three positive actions. The first one gives you like an external, huh? Like it gets your attention. Yeah. The second one, if you'll not quit there, if you'll take that next step, it creates like an internal oh, aha, an internal awakening. It's not some big bang. It's just like a oh, kind of subtle. That? It's kind of subtle, but it's a, it's something I hadn't felt in a while. That third step in the same direction begins to create momentum. Yes. Momentum is hardly ever created in the first step. It takes several steps. Even if, you're, even if your steps are falling, it's okay. You're going to fall forward. Yeah. So it's, it'll, it'll be good. That sounds good. Really excited about that. Alma says, can you give us examples, a couple examples? Number one, joining the group with Tone. And it, that's all inclu included in what we have here. So there's no additional anything but that's all included. I wanted to add additional support for you guys to those that feel like that would be helpful for your business to have an accountability person that's overlooking everything that's in the business, that's done notes, it's done transactions, currently doing four transactions now, both rehab and just retailing out. And, you know, is always thinking outside the box. One of Tony's deals, he, he's got closing in two weeks. He was walking down the street, owner uh, for sale by owner. My, my street I live at. Yeah, just his street. Yeah, his street. <laughs> Uh, for sale by owner pops up and he's like, well, let me call it. He buys it for 165. He sold it to the tenant that was living in it. That was living in it 
for two, two twenty-two, two twenty-two. Okay, it's like what's? It was interesting. I went through the script with a guy who has about thirty rentals. Yeah, and and he, but he thinks like a landlord. Right. So you just stick to your script. He started out higher than that, and he didn't know what to do the first time. I said, you know, hmm, one ninety. Is that the least you would take? (laughs) And by the time we'd been through the third time, we settled at 165. Yeah. And he had no idea that the property he owned as a rental property was worth about 270 after it it would have been rehabbed. Yeah. But I'm not even going to have to touch it. I'm selling it to the guy who was renting from him. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, one of the main things I did want to bring somebody in that knew accountability, but didn't know the business, but we have both, you know, and that's really something I'm excited about. And I'm really excited about the new year guys. If you guys can't tell 2020 has been a good year. I promise you guys in the next five to seven years, generational wealth can be created. Mm-hmm. That's wealth, note position and cash flow that you can't outspend that you can pass down to people. If you get committed to the business and you decide to focus and, and create what we have to create. Last thing for me is I think you guys have to make a decision. I think you have to make the decision as to whether this is going to be the year that you commit to the business or this is the year that is similar to the ones that you've lived. And listen, I'm not saying that one is wrong versus the other. As long as you understand on the front end that the the decisions have consequences. Work-life balance, I've never been the four-hour workweek guy but I think I've been the guy that's like, okay, this is real. It's not the easiest thing. It is simple, but it does take work and determination and commitment to get through what we have to get through. And I know that, that that's kind of uh, an unpopular sort of thing in the world. Everybody wants to talk about buy and sell a house from your bathrobe, in your bathtub, smoke a cigar, and that's just not real. I've, and I've then never sell seen it. That. Sell it for two million dollars to two baristas from Starbucks. Correct. Yeah, that their passion is butterfly collecting. So, but I hope you guys will make the decision to commit to the business that you will put in the work. And listen, guys, when I'm when I'm talking about this, the three A's. I don't think that they're negotiables. I think you have to have your anchors. I think you have to have your affirmations, and you have to do your abundance training so that you become committed to these goals, and it becomes like second nature to you. And I understand that for some of you guys, that may be uncomfortable. You may think it's a little bit silly, that kind of thing, but do the work. Decide, commit, succeed in the business. I promise you guys, we can get there together. And I I really appreciate you guys being with us. This is kind of the end to the session. If anybody has any questions, we'll stay on the chat and you can come off of mute. We can talk about whatever you guys want to talk about in terms of the goal setting, but that's about it for us. Brad, what is abundance training? So the abundance training is really about getting yourself in a position of living a certain amount of success that is really unsustainable at this point. Okay. So maybe that is you go to a, uh, a car lot and you look at cars you can't afford for me. That's something that I did for a couple of years. Maybe you look at three, $4 billion houses that you can't afford right now. Okay. But you just go in and you look at what that feels like. Okay. Stretch yourself. Yeah. Stretch yourself. Maybe that is you stay at a five or six hundred dollar per night hotel for one night just to get what that feels like versus 
you know, going to the Holiday Inn and nothing wrong with the Holiday Inn, but, you know, Holiday Inn at 150 bucks per night for four nights. You know, I th- guys, this makes a difference. It makes a difference because we're changing our mindset through this. Okay. It's not about a hotel room. It's not about a car. The car is going to get you there, whether it's a $2,500 car or a $250,000 car. Frankly, I'm not a car guy. I drive a Volvo. Yeah. But you, you need to see like, this is not as big of an accomplishment and as big of a deal as maybe I've made it out to be, Mm. you know? And it's like, if other people can accomplish this, why can't I? Mm. That was my big thing is I don't think that I'm dumber person than other people. I don't think that my, certainly my energy level is not lower than others. My commitment certainly is good. Lord knows is not lower than others. So why would someone else be able to do this when I can't? Right. And so that's the basics of the abundance training is getting yourself to, to thinking about and experiencing a higher level than what you're currently experiencing. Okay. Thanks, Brad. You bet Alma. Anybody else guys? I got one, one last yes, thing. Sir. Brad, when you were starting out, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, were you losing sleep for a year and doing like the, the Gary V kind of thing, doing like four hours of sleep a night just to kind of get the ball rolling? Or did you have kind of a regular lifestyle and you were just staying consistent? Only on Saturday mornings. So um, Saturday morning, roughly between 2 and 3 a.m., I would get up to put my We Buy Houses signs out. And when I had inventory, I'd put out the signs to sell as well. So I would, I would Friday, make my signs, write them out, put them in my car, you know, set up my coffee maker that night. So at 2 a.m., 2.30, whenever it was. And guys, look, that's where your commitment gets checked. When it's about 30 degrees outside, which I know for some of you guys is laughable as being cold in Tennessee, yeah, that's, that's, a little bit, that's a little bit chilly. And you're in bed and it's nice and warm and you didn't really sleep well. And you're like, that guys, a lot of times I had, I had to check myself and it was, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want? And I heard that voice in my head a lot of times. How bad do you want it? And I would get up, go put the signs out. So that's really the, the only time. The, the problem with real estate, it's a problem. I say it's a problem. It's only a problem if you're coming from the corporate world. And I've talked about this to, to some of the people quitting the corporate environment to come and do this when they've been successful in this. The problem with real estate is that you can make a full-time income without having a full-time workload. So across these four deals that Tony has right now that he's doing really part-time because he's full-time with us, you know, it can be difficult for someone to go from a 60 hour per week job as a technical engineer to a six to 10, 15 hour per week job, real estate investing and making three or four times the income. And we have people in the group right now that that's the exact position that they've had. Okay. So I, I would work hard if there was that much to do, but outside of cold calling, you know, a thousand people and doing those kinds of things, I don't believe in chasing. And that's the basics of, you know, social value and frame people chase, uh, people uh, move away from what chases them and they chase what moves, moves away from them. And so I didn't want to be in a position to, to chase people, but um, I was never the, the person that, you know, working 18, 20 hours a day, that kind of thing. I don't think that's sustainable. I think sleep is important, you know, but every Saturday morning, man, for a year, come rain, sleet, ha- sleet hail, snow. I was out there with those signs. Nice. Thank you. You're Anybody else? All right, guys, we're going to shut it down for tonight. 
Happy 2021. Happy New Year to you guys. I hope 2020 has been good for you. Appreciate you guys being with us. Commit, commit to your goals. Make the decision. Do the work. You're going to be successful. I love you guys. Appreciate you guys being with us. If you guys need anything, just reach out. We'll see you soon. Happy New Year. Thanks, Brad. New Year. Night. Thanks, Brad. Happy New Year. Thanks.